All right, now before we begin the actual recording, I want everyone to be mindful. Take take a deep breath. I am one with the force. Woo! <laughs> really, Dan? I set you up and you go, woo! <laughs> Please, can that be the intro? Church in space! Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space. In 3D! Hey, we haven't done that in a while, and yet we got it <laughs> on the first try. Uh, welcome, everybody. So our, our topic today is, what's the problem with AI? I'll explain where I'm coming from on this topic, and then we can get into it. it it's more science reality than science fiction at this point, but I could definitely paint you some dystopian pictures in fiction with this very quickly. Acrylic or watercolor? Uh, acrylic, man. <laughs> no, no, it, it's, the, it's the numbers. Yeah, paint by numbers. Paint by numbers. Paint your dystopia by numbers. <laughs> yeah. Zero, one. It's just binary, yeah. Chat GPT-4 came out not all that long ago. It's cool. I've messed around with it. It can be both helpful, like I had it do like an alternate future history mm. thing, and it can do some vague but fun things. It's interesting what it kind of comes yeah. up with. But immediately after it came out, you started hearing these people, especially on Twitter, who then started talking about how chat GPT-4 proves we need to come up with AI rights, you know? And you got this discussion around the same time that you got the discussions about the other AIs that we've heard of, you know, them saying, please don't turn me off, or the one that Facebook had to unplug because it came up with its own language, or you get these things and people say, oh, this proves it's sentient. When in fact, chat GPT-4 is just a really expensive, really complicated autofill. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's really what it is. When you look under the hood, <laughs> yeah, take off the human mask, <laughs> you know, what is it? It's a really complicated autofill. Yeah. And this got to this issue of, for me at least, what I was thinking was, and sorry, this takes a little more setup, but I think there's a good topic here. Everybody thinks the danger of AI is like, we'll build Skynet and it will kill us. <laughs> right? That's like the, the stereotypical science fiction movie scenario. Yeah. I think maybe the danger is not that we'll build Skynet, but we'll build something and we'll assume it's sentient when really it's just a really complicated toaster. <laughs> and we'll, yeah. but we'll trust it like it's sentient. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll have yeah. presidents taking its responses as fact or experts taking its responses as truth, and like we won't be able to tell the difference. And it's like that's actually a more dystopian picture of AI in some ways, you know, we just build this very alienating world because we can't tell that it's an autocomplete, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, so more Wally rather than Terminator. Yeah. More Wally, but even like Wally, at least Wally's sentient, right? Like it has, feeling. He? yeah, he has feelings. Like yeah. that's, that's love with Eve. Save Wally for the game. Yeah. <laughs> Save Wally for the game. Right. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to the game. No, but it, you know, it's a good point. I did a geek thing. For AI, <laughs> did a webinar. Surprising. Yeah. Yes, shocking everybody. <laughs> I think we can just assume that whatever you're doing is a geek thing. Uh, okay, you know. well, we'll do okay. You can tell us when it's a cool thing. <laughs> All right. I was doing a cool thing. I was throwing a football. I was playing a sport. <gasps> you can do that? No. Okay. <laughs> there is no evidence to say that is possible. <laughs> but I went to a webinar from one of the major AI programmers, mm -hmm. and we sat through the actual code went through the core of the code line by line. And when you do that, you can see that Dave's right. It is just an algorithm. You know, you change one word in one line of code and it all falls apart. Or 
you can make it generate a particular response. It's basically just playing mathematical odds. It scans the Internet for answers to your question, ranks them, gives them probability codes of what is probably the right response, and that's what it regurgitates to you. And you can get different answers just by changing that parameter of, like, what is the minimum of the odds it has to hit before you accept that as a correct response and give it to the user. That's not sentience. Never tell me the odds. (laughs) (laughs) So I see that. Well, a point I want to make that I think may be interesting here is we may be victims of our deep cultural bias being Mm -hmm. Westerners. When you look at AI research going on in Eastern countries, Mm -hmm. in Asian countries, they're looking at it very differently. Where we're seeing dystopian outcomes, Mm -hmm. they're looking at the positive. That's where their focus is, on the very positive outcomes and how it can help the group, the majority. So like in Japanese culture, would it be more using AI so you don't have to work like 80 hours a week? Is that usually what it's what <laughs> they're using it for? I or? think I thought it would come down to most of my reading was on how China's looking at okay. it. Yeah. I think in the end, what will happen is it will like all technological innovation, it will over the long term produce long term disruptions, but make lives probably better yeah you know like well all, on, all the on, technological disruptions and this right. has been true even you know in the days of the sabots um that's where we get saboteur when <laughs> when you, factories in france <laughs> <laughs> factories in france sabot was a sabot was a, a a wooden shoe and they would throw the workers would throw it into are the you just quoting star trek six or like no, you, is, is that true. actually true this is actually i know this is the line in star trek six yeah but i've never like <laughs> Research it. Ask Chat GPT. <laughs> I know. So this is the problem. See, I'm Dutch. So like my people <laughs> created the wooden shoes. <laughs> it was used as a force of destruction. Yeah. You see? Even that simple technology was a disruptor. <laughs> Let's just all be Luddites. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting you say Luddites. The I very specifically of that word. <laughs> use that word, Dan, and we're not going into it. But every time we have technology, it is disruptive at first. Yeah. But as far as people goes, it ends up creating more jobs than the jobs that it eradicates. No, right. I mean, productivity increases are good. Yeah. You know, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can also say the internet, it was just a precursor to the AI in the sense of (laughs) we should kill it yes (laughs) go back in time and kill the internet before it grows up yeah yes right i mean it's just the you know the the father of ai at this point let's be real (laughs) ai is the next evolution of the internet yeah the internet is the digital eve i like it the mother of all ai well yeah i mean nah there's some really bad stuff on the internet i would think it'd be a lot more male than female <laughs> god help us <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah i think there is like a perspective on it i would say i i think the dystopian nature of it comes into people mistaking a fake thing mm. for the real thing mm. you know i could see mm-hmm. a world where like chat gpt9 fools people into thinking they're they're emotionally intimate with this computer program yeah. when in fact it's just you're emotionally intimate with your with your text messaging app does that make sense like, um it does it's like just yeah it's emotional self-pleasure ultimately yeah right you know but like you could see like community like there being real experiences of alienation because people are unable to tell the difference between real personality and you know not yeah right well i mean 
two quick things. Thing one, wasn't that a movie? Yeah, there was about a guy who like fell in love with his phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like that's actually a pretty it's a pretty dystopian movie. <laughs> you know, or or the new Blade Runner movie. Right? Like he's in love with this program. <laughs> Right. The the robot is in love with this program that like is bought from the big company, you know, and it's like and and for it to be more intimate with him, he's got to buy the extension. <laughs> you know, you got to buy the expansion pack for it to be more intimate with you. <laughs> oh, like, there's so many ways to take that. I know. Wow. But like I could totally, you know, where it's like Amazon selling you like selling lonely guys like digital wife. Yeah. <laughs> Who aren't real human beings? They're just their dialogues. Chat GPT twelve. Oh, you know. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, let's look. Just, I mean, we're talking a couple of years from. Now I know. That. Well, right. We're not all that far from. Which is why I think it's pretty dystopian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have, have, have you seen Samsung's humanoid bots? No, I haven't seen them yet. Yeah. If you think digital clones, you know, mm -hmm. avatars are scary mm -hmm. for how well they replicate real people. Mm -hmm. You should see Samsung's beta of their humanoid robots. To trigger the uncanny valley oh, <laughs> response. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's, it is uncanny how much. About the only way you can tell is that they're, they only have a limited number of facial expressions. Mm -hmm. So they tend to cycle through. Like if they're going to pretend they, they get your joke, yeah. their wry smile is exactly the same each uh, time. And a real yeah. human has variety. Right. Have we talked about it on this show about how creepy the concept of Uncanny Valley yeah. is that it exists? Yes. Yeah, we, we did bring it up. Yeah, okay, good. That was the last time we talked about AI. Yeah. Good. But that gets to your point, right? Mm -hmm. If you fall in love with a, a robot, you're really falling in love with the programming inside the robot. Right. That's what's responding to you. That's what's giving you your emotional feels. Right. And replicating them. Yeah. You know? I think there's a great short story to be written about a, a presidential candidate who runs for president and only responds in chat GPT 45 responses. <laughs> <laughs> the entire can't, you know, <laughs> like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> Same as we're always thinking. Yeah. Drew. Okay. How do we get this into the New Hampshire primary? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he just has an earpiece and he's just like spitting out whatever chat GPT 22 or whatever it says. It would work. Cause now that I think about it, <laughs> Chat GPT's responses, I always thought of as being too academic. It's like reading someone's dissertation uh -huh. and that it says the same thing over and over, yeah. just in slightly different ways. But politicians do the same thing. Right. Okay. It so would work. Basically, all we have to do is feed Chat GPT, West Wing, and Veep. And then we have a candidate. <laughs> it's got to be someone from like Ohio or a Midwestern state that's moderately educated. It's got to be tall. That's the trick. They got to be yes. tall. You know. Yeah. You know they have to be clean shaven because you know no one, anyone that has a beard can never be trusted. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. bring one day it's gonna come back. Yes. Yeah. it worked for Grant by gum. Right, worked work for Grant. Worked for Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's make it happen. Bring boys. the beard back. Right. Bring the beard back into political leadership. Anyway, getting back on topic about the distinction between sentience and non-sentience. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't even figure out the difference between fake news and real news. At I this know. Point. Well, that's what so, makes this. That's what makes this genuinely scary to me. Is like we have a tough time distinguishing reality from non-reality right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have a tough time distinguishing propaganda from truth. And if we program a really complicated autocomplete. I don't think the fear is that it'll kill us. I think the fear is that people won't be able to tell the difference 
between reality and non-reality yeah. <laughs> reality yeah. and programmable fakeness you know mm-hmm. like anyway so that's my that's my thoughts on the the actual fear of yeah. artificial intelligence yeah I'm, personally i don't think we have much to fear yet because i don't think we can have true sentient ai with our current chip architecture it's yeah too boolean and you need to you need to be able to have multiple if thens and what ifs and all that not just on offs right we can't just be binary but ha 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 quantum computing is on the way yeah i think we say this every ai episode yeah, we ever do, yeah. Right? <laughs> but it's true yeah. when, once we get a quant, quantum chips right mainstreamed that's when we have to get scared about ai mm-hmm. cuz that's when it can think more in the way humans think we really don't need more people thinking like humans <laughs> well it depends on which type of humans we're talking about. I think isn't the problem we need more humans thinking like humans? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what my point is. Like, that's the real problem, right? Yes. You know. <laughs> All right, yes, yes. Like, yeah. If we can solve that problem, yes. we'll be fine. Yeah. I like our chances, but you know. I totally and completely exceed. <laughs> yes. This yeah. is true. If only more people would think like humans. humans. <laughs> We'd, I'd like our chances. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think we can end the show right there. Yeah, that is the major point of wisdom for all mankind to hear. Right, actually, <laughs> think like a human. <laughs> think like a human. Be a human. Right. Just just leave it at just think. Yeah. <laughs> just mm. think. Yeah. All right. So on to our game. No, no do to do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our game today is pick an AI robot, Android, something or other that the writers aim for it to be good. But if you think about it for more than two seconds, it's actually like not all that great. Uh, I will pick data <laughs> as my prime example of this. Okay. All right. So okay. first one, the existence of lore proves it is not all that far <laughs> from data to this experiment going totally wrong. It's one emotion chip away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. one kind of, to the simulation becomes too lifelike <laughs> problem problem away right yeah mm. and by the same token just keep it within <laughs> that genre yeah the moriarty subroutine mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. holodeck yes the moriarty mm-hmm. subroutine in the holodeck right is it it's <laughs> the holodeck's like the worst technology ever. <laughs> no it, it is not <laughs> you are wrong it's absolutely awful <laughs> It's chat GPT. <laughs> the holodeck is like a physical chat GPT. It has all the same problems we just talked about, like, but it's able to manifest physically at the same time. Well, not really. It's just light. Yeah, but like it creates a simulation that is hard to tell for many people. Mm-hmm. Barkley. <laughs> you know, I mean, like well, from reality. Like, you and know. Jordy, and yeah, Jordy. When they had that, because that was, that was a really creepy episode. <laughs> Creepy, but which, which one? Yeah. Which one? I'm thinking of the one where he falls in love with the Enterprise designer's hologram. The, yeah, the Daystrom's. Yeah, the, yeah, the programmer. Mean, the yeah. Not the second one where she actually shows up yeah, on the ship. Yeah, that one's also that very one creepy. That one was worse. Right, that was worse. Yeah, that's a very... I but skip. it was a logical follow-up. Oh, absolutely. To, to point out the ethics of what Jordy had been doing. Right. You know, yeah. which now that we have... AI avatars of real humans. Yeah, it's a very, it's very. We got to face this ethical we, dilemma. We got to face. Anyway, so back to data a second, right? Like second of all, data is given this programming imperative, which is actually, if you think about it for more than two seconds, it's actually an awful thing to give a living being, right? Which is, become this thing you will never become. 
Mm. <laughs> He's given this imperative to become more human. But it's all, I mean, to use Lutheran language, since this is a theology podcast, it's all, it's all works righteousness, right? Which you never achieve, you know, which is the whole point of works righteousness. Like you never actually get there, right? You yeah. can never actually become, first of all, more human, <laughs> right? Like the more there me means that you'll never actually get there. You're just kind of gradually getting closer and closer to a goal you'll never achieve. And then his, like, he's not human, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. functionally, right? Can we... I don't know. He's if he's really married to this ideology, it sounds like we might as well just go off world because we're not going to achieve our mission. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Hmm. Bye, aliens. We'll have to talk to the Great Mother and find out what our instructions should be. Warhammer 40k, crush the Xenos. <laughs> <laughs> Violence is always your answer. It is. Dave. It's always your answer. Anyway, so <laughs> the barbarian I, pastor. So I think I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So we should. So anyway, oh, data yeah. is my answer. So what? So back to uh, science fiction and theology and stuff. Right. Back um, to our. So what's an AI which the writers intend to be beneficent or good or or a robot android thing? Mm -hmm. But actually, if you think about it, it's not all that great. I'm gonna start with low-hanging fruit, mm -hmm. because I think below the low-hangingness, it's more complex. Mm -hmm. The HAL 9000. Okay. All right. In the original movie, mm -hmm. it starts as being very benign. Yep. It's the only way to do the Jupiter mission. Right. Because there's so much complexity. Right. And what has to be run on the ship. Okay. That and Hal starts off doing exactly that. He's great at his job. He's he's mm -hmm. you know watch watches out for the astronauts. Well, that's why he goes insane, right? Exactly. It's, it's because because he's trying to do his job. When he, he finds is... out the nature, what the actual nature of the mission is, right. the secret, right, it basically does drive him insane. Mm -hmm. He becomes a homicidal maniac. Right. And they kind of leave it at that. Mm -hmm. But when you stop and think about it, he's not evil. So the movie and the novelization of the movie, mm -hmm. they want to lead you to that evilness because he's wiping everybody out. Mm -hmm. And only Dave Bowman survives. Yeah. But... It's because the humans gave him essentially contradictory commands. He's supposed to preserve the life of them all. But he has to lie. But then he has to, he has to lie about it, which he's programmed not to do. And in that lying, actually put their lives in danger because of what they're out there to investigate. So he goes crazy. In the follow-ups, follow-up novels, they do address that. Yeah, it like merges with Dave. Doesn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, Dave goes back, reactivates by him. By like 3,000, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But you realize that that's what really went on. Mm -hmm. The AI was so human that in dealing with these contradictory objectives, he goes insane that's, and thus simulates being That's evil. part of Kubrick's like brilliance in that movie is like, and the book too, but like there is this undertone of in the whole movie of who's actually the human character, mm -hmm. you know, like, cause like Dave's got those like really cold gray eyes you know, like whatever the actor who plays Dave is, like he's got those pure delay. Yeah, he's got those really cold gray eyes, and like, but Hal's is bright red. You know, like it's a, like it's colorful. It's, yeah, you know, there's a warmth to the red. Yeah, oddly, right. It's not like hostile. It's like and, and the intentionality of the voice. Yeah, the the voice actor's delivery. Right. And that's the whole Daisy thing. And yeah. Dave's almost he's very robotic about deprogramming Hal. Yeah, he doesn't uh, let any of the input stray him from his core programming right turn off how right right mm. so there is this whole thing going on in that in that movie about who's actually the human character mm -hmm. you know is hal human or is dave 
you know, is Dave the human. Yeah. He ends up not being the human anymore by the end of it, you know. The star child. Yeah. All right. Hal. Okay. I'm trying to remember the character's name. Uh-huh. Knights of the Old Republic. Uh-huh. The assassin droid. Oh. oh um, um, what is his name? I want to say like AK-57 or something like that. Something like that. I only recruited about half the time because I often forget about it on what's it called? (laughs) On Mm -hmm. the intro planet there. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. But like (laughs) it's recruited like initially not as an assassin droid as in, okay, hey, this is a character that you can use as, you know. Right. It's one mm -hmm. of your party members. Yeah. But then when you go and fix them, it's just like, oh. He's an assassin droid out to kill you. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and then you've got to convince it not to kill you, mm-hmm. and then you're convincing it to kill for your own purpose. You know? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's a weird yes. <laughs> yeah. Very situational ethics. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. That and Bender. <laughs> Bender's just straight up evil. I mean, I think that's like the that's the conceit of the show, right? Like he's the he's the id of like well, he's like the, a walking id. He's not know? an artificial intelligence. He's an artificial narcissist. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> when it was the uh, uh, what was it? The episode where they have to bring the, the tiara to the Miss Universe pageant and it goes missing, uh-huh. and um, there's a. Flexo is basically Bender, but with the mustache. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it turns out that, you know, Bender actually stole it. So then Bender's, you know, the evil Flexo. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about the androids that accompany each mission in the Aliens series? Yeah, I mean, right. They play with this in the original movies a little bit and then mess with it with David. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and. Yeah, who is Michael Fassbender's David? Yeah, yeah, like who is who is benevolent and who isn't? Yes, that could definitely. <laughs> yeah, and going very old school. They even bleed, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. right? It's white, but they bleed. Even you know, like they're yeah, yeah. yeah. And even in, like in the first Alien movie, mm-hmm. when she rehooks the head up, that is one of to the get creepiest scenes. And the, and the, yeah, you know, the white blood <laughs> the is coming white, out of its right, mouth. Right, that is one of the creepiest scenes in film. Like I, that freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, that freaked me out more than the alien popping out of yeah her chest. Right, that was so cool. Is R two D two the chosen one? <laughs> <laughs> I do think the. So this was the one problem with Solo as a movie. The writers clearly intend the droids in Star Wars universe to be comic relief. Mm-hmm. And oh, come on. KSO is definitely not comic relief. <laughs> well, but then they but then they pointed out in Solo, like, actually, they're sentient beings that are enslaved. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, yes. that was the also, one. Yes. <laughs> also in Rogue One. With yeah. KSO, you know, being reprogrammed yeah. from the Imperial droid and then sacrificing himself. <laughs> right. To, right. And mm. it's like they, they, they pointed it out <laughs> all to make a, to like retcon a reason for why the Millennium Falcon's programming language is so weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, yeah. like, I feel like that whole story arc was simply to retcon that line C-3PO says about, where did your computer speak? <laughs> and to get more money. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason. And to get more yeah. money, right? You know, and it's like, like, I feel like that's the whole reason for that story arc. And I'm like, man, I'm like, why do you point that out? You just turned the comic relief of the franchise into like an ethical problem. <laughs> although, although this does, oddly, you have brought us full circle. Yeah. Because you said this idea for today's topic uh-huh. came to you because people online were saying, we need to start talking about AI rights. I know. Well, yeah. So 
<laughs> so obviously it actually originated in Solo. These are people yeah. who saw Solo These are and thought it was a documentary. It thought it was a documentary, right? <laughs> God. <laughs> it's a fine movie. I was just like, like, I don't get like why you point out like the moral ethical flaw in your fridge. Like, let's poke at it. <laughs> See, see if it moves. Right. See if we can make a twitch, like if I poke here. Like, you know, like, like why? Can someone apply a force tickle to it? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, geez. Oh, God. Jeez. On that note. <laughs> oh, did you hear that? Derek yes. almost, almost. Alerted. It was close. It was close. It was close. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the whole, every robot in the Star Wars franchise, like, is, like, has this problem the writers intend them as comic relief. But if you think about them, like it's an incredible moral dilemma for mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> yes. Like if the solo thing is true, then like Luke's whole, I'm surrendering these two droids to you for job of the hut to be plants depends on, but well, they're slaves. We can, always, <laughs> we can always find new one. If Jabba blows them up. <laughs> yeah. No big you know? deal. Or, uh, what was the one in, uh, Mando? <clears throat> The assassin oh, droid. The assassin droid. Right? No, 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 no. Well, yes, that one. But yeah. the in season three, the red one, uh, oh. the red astromech. Yeah. Oh, uh, that blew itself up. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's like why? Why don't like? It's an incredible moral dilemma now because they pointed that out. Yeah. Were they just really accurate personality simulators? I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but like now, it's like oh no, they're not personality. They're like real. Like now that they're not <laughs> they any droids. Yeah, yeah, like they have feeling. Right. <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I preferred thinking R2-D2 was just programmed to swear. And be, like, you know, like, I mean, yes, but. <laughs> not that that's like a legitimate personality choice, you know. <laughs> it is. <laughs> He's seen some stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, boy, is that the truth. Like, that little astromech droid should, like, be decommissioned for the galactic security. Like, the things it knows. Yes. Like, Oh, yes. <laughs> Hold on a second. Like there should be like a republic. That would be a great, tele- like a republic black ops team that's sole responsibility is to find and destroy R2-D2. <laughs> so the truth can never be known. Right, because like you'd have to destroy it. Like it knows who Darth Vader was, like who everybody was, all the codes to everything. Like yeah. I'm sure it, like there's Imperial installations that why have- wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't Anakin or Vader want to go retrieve R2. You'd think it'd be necessary, yes. right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, the entire point of the Empire rested in this one droid for a bit. And right. almost, like, totally redoes Episode 4, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of, I'm here for the Death Star plans, mm-hmm. where are those plans? It's, I'm here for the astromech droid. Because <laughs> it's got a lot more dangerous information for the Empire than just those Death Star plans. Right, because, like, the whole thing in the original trilogy is, like, they don't know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, like they think Darth Vader is like this, just this new guy that popped on the scene, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, but the only one who does is is R two, is R two, and Obi Wan, like R two and the Emperor, R two, the Obi Wan, Obi Wan, and the Emperor, like the only people who know. And it's like you gotta destroy the freaking droid. That's why they're blowing up planets. It's just to blow up R two. He may be on this world. Yeah. Well, then that takes the trench run on a completely different meeting when you have R2 getting literally shot at right. by his former like, master. Got him, finally. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yes. That's right. That wasn't a missed shot. No. Yeah. That was dead on. Yeah. That was what Vader was actually going for. They rebuilt him. <laughs> yes. 
We have uncovered the great conspiracy in Star Wars. In Star Wars. The whole series. The only one. The whole series is really just a really big like computer security operation. Yes. <laughs> like, it's like the hunt the for blue astromech. Right. That's what it is. Like the Emperor's like, look, you need to clean up your passwords. <laughs> you have to change out your astromech every 30 days. Right. Like you need you need to change your email address. <laughs> Like, and you need to find that little astromech droids that has the passwords to all of it. <laughs> Vader, start doing Annie Darth 1 as your password for everything. Right. <laughs> I hate sand 2. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, an R2 story. Yeah, an R2 story. It really is. <laughs> the astromech saga. Mind blown. It would make a great TV show, right? Like, could be, it would be a great comedy. Like, Instead of R2-D2, like, outwitting <laughs> like, Republic commandos, like, all over the place. Instead of Bad Batch, it's Bad Droids. Yeah. <laughs> bad Droid, Bad Droid. What you gonna do? <laughs> it would be like A-Team, but for droids, right? You know? <laughs> with R2-D2 as Hannibal. With R2-D2 as Hannibal. Always beeping. I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> R2's really, like, our Daniel or love in the, the robot series, how he ends up being yes. eternal and a god, basically, <laughs> as a monster robot series. <laughs> and that makes sense because with each new Star Wars movie, uh-huh. we see a new ability that R2 has. <laughs> like those I mean, floating jets out of the side of his legs would have been really helpful several points <laughs> in the yes. original series. <laughs> yep. Can you say Dagobah? Yeah, right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and on that note (laughs) we will end here this has been church in space in 3d see you folks hey dan yeah true did you remember to hit record again no i only force tickled the button just have chat GPT generate the whole dialogue. <laughs> I'll program it in and get back to you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>